welcome to One Last Thought, your regular dose of inspiration, read by me, Ed Goodman. Today, I'm not reading from a book, I'm reading from an article from the Harvard Business Review, which was written by Melinda Brianna Epler, who did actually write a book called How to Be an Ally, Actions You Can Take for a Stronger, Happier Workplace. This reading is called Managers. Here's how to be a better ally in the remote workplace. People with underrepresented identities continue to experience higher rates of stress, exhaustion and burnout. This is due to a number of factors, including the many impacts of bias, microaggression and marginalisation at work. As we rethink the future of work, leaders must incorporate new ways to build empathy and show up for their teams as allies and advocates. New managers, in particular, have an opportunity to use their influence to initiate positive change. Our recent research shows that people who have at least one ally at their job are nearly twice as likely to be satisfied and feel like they belong. Allies help create psychologically safe workplaces where there is less turnover and more engaged, productive and happier employees. Managers have an additional responsibility to be role models in building inclusion across teams. As a new manager who is likely leading a remote or hybrid team, you may face unique challenges. But allyship actions in the remote world are not so different from the physical office. There are just a few additional things to keep in mind. Learn, unlearn, relearn. Allies in the workplace are people who make an effort to learn about their colleagues' unique experiences, unlearn their biases and stereotypes, and relearn new skills with an understanding that there is an imbalance in opportunity that needs to change in order for everyone to succeed. On teams, this growth begins with managers initiating interactions that develop empathy and open communication. In remote settings, you and your team are not going to have random water cooler chats or run into each other in the hall. If you want to build better relationships and gain a real understanding of one another, you need to be intentional and schedule those moments. Recreate the water cooler. Virtual team building exercises or informal group activities are a great way to encourage remote or hybrid team members to connect. You might have a brown bag lunch or coffee tea break when you arrange for everyone to have a meal or drink sent to their homes and enjoy each other's company. This doesn't need to be a big time commitment. Our team meets weekly for 30 minutes to catch up on each other's lives with just two rules. One, we divide the duration of the meeting by the number of people in our group and use that as a time limit to ensure that everyone has an equal chance to talk. And two, we can't talk about work. Here's a pro tip. If your team is having trouble connecting over coffee breaks, there are plenty of virtual team bonding activities to consider. I've heard about teams building gingerbread houses, cooking, creating terrariums, making art, playing trivia or digital games and more. Another easy option is to create a water cooler Slack or intranet channel. Offer allyship learning. Our research finds that most people want to learn about allyship through interactive training and it's generally very successful. 97% of people who work in companies that offer allyship training have allies in their workplace. 
many diversity, equity and inclusion practitioners offer interactive remote skills building workshops. Ask your DEI or human resources team or employee resource groups what learning opportunities they offer. As a leader, you now have the power to initiate these kinds of conversations. Here's a pro tip. Most companies have a professional development budget you might use to pay for learning experiences for yourself and your team. If you don't have a learning and development budget, advocate for one. Do no harm. Allies make corrections to their own words and actions so that they don't unintentionally harm people through biases and microaggressions. Most biases and microaggressions occur in both remote and physical workplaces and some are even heightened in the virtual world. Do not let microaggression go in any setting. Not surprisingly, our research shows that people who have experienced discrimination want their allies specifically to take action when someone harms or belittles them. Indigenous people, black people, LGBTQIA plus folks and women with disabilities prioritise this particular action of allyship much higher than their colleagues. As a leader, you must practice consciousness and intentionality by regularly considering how your words and actions might make someone else feel. Be aware that biases and microaggressions are often unintentional and tend to emerge more often when we're stressed, fatigued or in a hurry. In the virtual setting, a few common verbal microaggressions include interrupting, taking more than your share of airtime, dismissing or taking credit for someone else's ideas, diminishing someone's experience, stereotyping and using racist, sexist or ableist language. Here's a pro tip. Before making decisions, you can check your biases by pausing and asking yourself, what assumptions am I making? How might biases be influencing my thoughts? Am I treating all individuals on my team fairly? And are my responses inclusive, respectful and transparent? Interrupt, interruptions and other microaggressions. Engaging in the practices above will not just help you recognise harmful behaviours in yourself, but also in your team members. For example, in video meetings and internal chat messages, speak up if you hear or see something inappropriate. Be mindful who's talking regularly and whose opinions haven't been heard. You can create a space where everyone feels safe speaking up by using language like, I'd love to hear from everyone. So let's be brief in our answers and give everyone room to share their thoughts. Or, I'm seeing that Hadia has been trying to say something for a while. Let's hear her thoughts. This is even more important on hybrid teams when people in the room may feel more connected and willing to speak up than those who were joining remotely. Stereotyping and other harmful microaggressions that marginalise people based on identity these still occur in remote environments, so it's important as a manager to interrupt these too. Here is a pro tip. There is a real impact from microaggressions, so check in with anyone who experiences one. During a private meeting, you can bring it up by saying something like, I wanted to check in with you after what happened earlier today. First, I wanted to let you know that that wasn't okay with me. And second, I want to find out how you're doing. Third, I want to let you know what I'm going to do about it and ask if you have any feedback. It's okay if you don't. Listen and support them if you can. 
Mind your micro-expressions. On video, we're only seeing a rectangle of each other, which means our facial expressions and upper body language are amplified. If we're looking off to the side, multitasking, or otherwise appearing to be less than fully present, it can impact how the person on the other end feels and experiences the call. Additionally, we often move from meeting to meeting, unintentionally. We bring the energy from one meeting to the next. Anger, frustration, stress, these can all show up in ways you might not intend. Something you can model and encourage your team to do as well is taking a moment between meetings to reset and refocus. Work to be fully present and even prime yourself to think about the emotions you want to bring to the call. Here's a pro tip. In chats and emails, remember to pause before hitting send to make sure you're sending a thoughtful message to the human or humans on the other end. We can often become so transactional that we miss the little moments to build connections and show empathy. Advocate for people. When asked to name an important way an ally has shown up for them in, our, in their life, our research shows that most people recall a time when an ally used their power or influence to advocate for them in ways that helped them move forward in their careers. Advocacy is a key piece of good allyship, and it's particularly important for managers. Overwhelmingly, we found that people want allies to show trust in them, help boost their confidence and mentor them. Provide regular constructive feedback and micro-affirmations. During your one-on-ones, make sure that you are providing consistent, equitable and actionable feedback. Women, and particularly women of colour, tend to receive less quality feedback that can help them make needed course corrections and develop as leaders. While giving constructive feedback can be hard, it is now part of your job and it's in your team's best interest. To reach their full potential, your team needs to know how they can improve as long as you are thoughtful and empathetic in your delivery. Explaining what worked and what didn't and brainstorming together ways to improve. People will likely be grateful. Microaffirmations are another form of feedback that can be valuable in remote settings. Nonverbal feedback like nodding, showing you're paying full attention to someone speaking, indicating you want to learn more or showing you're confused by one of their points can help in someone in the moment. Here's a pro tip. You can build up someone's confidence through micro-affirmations, inviting them to speak and lead in, uh, important projects, recommending them for a job or promotion, or otherwise being their champion. Remotely, you will need to be more intentional about these actions as you generally have limited time with each person on your team. Even so, you can show that you believe in their expertise and experience by inviting them to run meetings or contribute to strategy development bringing up their name to stakeholders when they're not in the virtual room and publicly recognising their skills and achievements. And lastly, advocate for your team's mental health. More employees are experiencing burnout than ever before, especially those with underrepresented identities who have experienced more stress during the pandemic. Most teams would benefit from a focus on mental health and stress reduction during this time. A few actions you might take. Schedule weekly or bi-weekly check-ins. As part of these meetings, discuss stress level and workload. Burnout can come from not having enough bandwidth to accomplish our to-do lists. If this is the case, 
help your team member redistribute tasks, reprioritize responsibilities, or extend deadlines. Don't be afraid to have impromptu chats. If someone is turning off video regularly, missing meetings, withdrawing, showing signs of stress or experiencing life changes, check in with them and encourage people to take their PTO. Be sure to take it yourself as well. Your team will follow your example. Here's a pro tip. If something traumatic or painful happens in the news, like racial, gender or religious injustice, it's important that you research exactly what occurred and address it appropriately with your team. This might be as simple as recognising what's happening at the top of your team meeting and inviting people to let you know if they could use time off or time away to process. What happens outside of work often impacts us at work and showing empathy in these moments can build team trust, improve psychological safety and increase feelings of belonging. Have compassion for people who might be impacted and give them grace during these times. As a manager, you have a unique opportunity to redefine work in a way that better supports all of us and allows everyone to truly thrive. Remote and hybrid workplaces offer more inclusion and flexibility for people with disabilities, parents and other caregivers, LGBTQIA plus folk and people of colour who regularly experience microaggressions and harassments. Use this guidance to recognise what people need and support them. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye for now. (laughs) 